You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 208, Mac Stock, Nintendo Turns a Profit, Plex, and Tim talks about something, Tim, I'm Tim, I talk about something that really sucks at the end of this episode, check it out. And it is tech fan number 208. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. So uh, right before we started recording, you suggested we talk about you losing some tech stuff on a train. What's going on? Oh, I was so mad. So it was a bank holiday here this week on Monday. So I had the day off on Monday. And then Tuesday, I had to be down in Warwick, which is probably about 150 miles from where I live. Uh-huh. Um, now he, he's the guy who played the Ewok, right? Uh, that's that's actually the... the <laughs> he's named after the place. So is he? Right. Okay. Warwick, yeah. But Warwick <laughs> is like an old medieval city. They used to have... They've, well, they've still got a castle there. And, you know, um, back in the Middle Ages, there was a, a, an earl there who was involved in the War of the Roses. And, and kind of, so quite a lot... He, he, he was very influential in constructing the monarchy as it is today. So it's kind of one of those sorts of places. But I had a meeting there. Uh, and so I had to be there for 10.30. So I'll, I thought, I'll take the train. I'm not going to um, I'm not going to drive. It's a horrible drive it's past Birmingham. It's very difficult to get to from here. Um, and as you spent six and a half hours stuck in traffic last night, I would have been like that coming back if I'd have driven. So uh, I got on the train 7.30 in the morning. But the day after a bank holiday, it's always like a bit of a rush. You know, the kids had to go back to school and all this sort of thing. So I had my stuff kind of pulled together. And I try and be organized, but I wasn't very organized on this day. And I had uh, my iPad and I had um, – I have a little I have a little device that's like a, um, a little Wi-Fi router you put uh, a micro, an SD card into or a sure. USB. Yeah, yeah. And then you can stream videos to your iPad over it. <clears throat> so I was using that on the train. Um, and at the same time, I was also trying to do a bit of work. And then somebody asked me to move my seat and – the long and the short of it is I had to move all my stuff around. And when I got off the train, oh, and then my boss joined me halfway down on the train as well. So that distracted me too. And I got off the train. And uh, when we got to where we were having the meeting, I go look in my bag for my, I have a little pouch that has the mouse for my computer in it, a very nice Bluetooth mouse, uh, and also has a, a lightning charging cable. And it's one of those more, exp- you, you know, there's, when you're buying lightning cables, there's about three grades, isn't there? There's the ultra cheap from Hong Kong, bit of a crapshoot about whether it'll work or not. And even if it does work, it might not work for very long. And you can guarantee that when Apple updates iOS to the next point version, it will stop working because the iPhone will refuse to see the cable anymore. So that's the very cheapest cable. And then you have the mid-range cables, which is like your Amazon Basics lightning cable. Uh, and maybe if you can pick up a second-hand Apple cable... And then you have the top-end ones, which are the ones where you know that uh, you either buy it direct from Apple or you know the manufacturer you bought it from uh, really, you know, paid pulled the proper licensing, and this thing is guaranteed to work all the time. And this was a top-end lightning cable with one of those adapters on the end, so you could use it on micro-USB or lightning. Yep. So it, not a cheap cable. <laughs> anyway, I look at my bag and the little pouch with my mouse and this little cheap cable in, with this, this expensive lightning cable in, is gone. And I realize... 
I'd had it out on top of my laptop and I'd had to put my laptop down on the shelf above the seat and the shelf is one of those um, stupid ones they have now where, where it has a big lip so you can't actually see, unless you're eight foot tall you can't see in it so if you put anything on it it'll slide down into the shelf and effectively disappear and you end up padding around with your hand trying to find it and it had been on there and I'd obviously forgotten to pick it up and so I thought oh damn I thought something a bit stronger than that really because I've just basically lost 50 pounds worth of gear yeah. in one go that's not fun but it gets worse because <laughs> while I'm looking through my bag I feel something hot I have like this big it's a, like a big canvas rucksack and as I say I try and be organised so I try and put all my little bits of pieces of tech in like pouches or smaller bags or something like that so it's not just like in a big pile at the bottom you know but I feel something hot and I pull it out and it's this little wireless router I use for watching videos on the iPad and I forgot to turn it off, and I put it back in the bag. Uh, and you know what these things are like if they're enclosed. If, uh, modern electronics, if it's enclosed and it's not designed to, it's designed to be air cooled. It heats up. This thing was burning away. I thought wow. oh, that's not good. Yeah. So I turned it off and uh, put it back in my bag. Or so I thought. Went to my meeting. Came out of my meeting. Went back to the station. Had some lunch. Get back on the train turn on my iPad, think, oh, I'll watch some more video, go in my bag, look for this thing, and it's gone. <laughs> wow. So somewhere from uh, turning it off and thinking I put it back in my bag, I must have put it down again and walked away and left it. And so that was another 50 quid gone. And it was just like, well, I'm getting old because I'm obviously getting senile here. That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the downside of traveling with lots of gadgets is it's easy to lose them. I was just talking to uh, a friend at, at uh, OWC. I went in to Chicago yesterday to the home office, which I don't do very often. And I actually, it took me six and a half hours to get home last night. The traffic, I missed my exit because I thought it was closed, this construction. And yeah. I realized at the last second that it was still open, but I couldn't get over at that point. So I had to go through downtown Chicago and, oh, it was just, it was horrible. Six and a half hours. And uh, while I was at work, I was talking to a friend who had worked the show with me that I broke my iPhone screen. Remember that uh, I broke my iPhone 6 Plus screen in Detroit? He's the person that worked the show with me. And he had texted me and then emailed me if I asking if I had his charger for his MacBook Pro, which I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't even remember you bringing your MacBook Pro onto the showroom floor. And that's the only place I would have seen it because, that, you know, we had different hotel rooms and all that. And he said, no, he knew he grabbed everything from the room, but it's not where it was supposed to be. Oh. It's missing. He called the hotel. They said they didn't find anything. Um, so he was he felt like, you know, oh, I'm screwed. He so same as me. Yeah. yeah. So he bought a new one. And then they're expensive as well. They are. <laughs> they are. So then what happens last weekend? He found it in another bag. Uh, so he was like, by the way, I wanted to tell you that I actually found it. Mm, I was like, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, good or bad, because then you feel like you bought something, because you end up buying the Apple one in that situation, don't you? Mm -hmm. So you're paying top dollar for it. And uh, Well, we actually sell um, used ones at, at uh, OWC yeah. for half the cost. I mean, you can get um, like a 30-watt a one for... 30 bucks, something like that. Yeah. It's not expensive compared to the Apple 
brand new ones in an Apple store. Those are eighty dollars. Yeah, no, the well, the one I I bought I bought one for my um, my MacBook Pro a few weeks ago, and it was yeah, it was really expensive. If I mean, I, don't get me the wrong. The 15s I think are one hundred twenty nine. Yeah, it's crazy. But again, it's the same thing. You can buy it's a crazy. cheaper one. Yeah, you can go to eBay and buy a cheaper one, but it's a crapshoot about whether it'll work. Yep. I had a I had a like a no name one that was a pretty good knockoff of the Apple one. It even had all the Apple carvings and everything on it, um, and it worked fine except for the fact that whenever you used it, it got insanely hot uh, and you know when you're dealing with electricity and everything you don't really want something that's insanely hot particularly as when you go to plug it to unplug it unlike an ordinary unlike a like a windows laptop which they normally have a cable attached to them these you have to grab the whole thing to take it out of the, of the wall and if it's you know 120 degrees then you, you know, i mean i was literally burning myself trying to take this thing off out the wall so um I'm, i was probably ended up better being having the apple one but it did sting buying it uh, yeah it always does but i mean because <laughs> you don't think about it when you know you have one how much it's going to cost to replace well yeah the, the, this is the thing if it really was 129 dollars retail there's, you you would think that the price of the computers would be more expensive. I mean that's that's a head, if you buy a um, a MacBook Pro, yeah, 129. That's still a good you know 10 10 percent of the price of the computer. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and of course it isn't really that, is it? Because we know that any of those accessories, Apple puts a big markup. All all retailers put big markups on, but um, you know it's one of the few areas where where people say that Apple. Apple stuff is overly expensive and they're price gouging a bit. It's hard to disagree. It, well, it is, and but it, it doesn't seem to be slowing their sales down any. Well, no, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, because what are you going to do? You can't. It's like having a car without petrol. You've got you've got to pay for it, whatever it is. It's by the <laughs> same token, uh, you know, they've been giving the Mac OS updates away for free now for what five years, yeah. four years. So there is that. I mean, I we both remember when a new version of the Mac OS would cost you one hundred twenty nine dollars. That's true. In fact, I I think the last one that was like that was the uh, was Leopard, I think, and I remember paying for it. I remember um, getting Tiger. Yeah. And I remember it because I had bought the iPhone, but I had yeah. spent. I'm going to say 5.99 for it. This was the original iPhone. Didn't you no, you spent more. You didn't you because you got the refund. So didn't you pay no, 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 no. and then you got money back? No, yes, but no, I paid maybe it was 7.99. I forget now. Whatever the original iPhone price was. 6.99 maybe. 6.99. And then oh. I got a rebate because they lowered the price, which yeah. was pretty rare. I mean, I still can't think of another time Apple's ever done that or any and other it was tech company. Wasn't it? It was only about a month after the yeah. iPhone launched. And basically, my refund from Apple, that, it, and let's be honest, it wasn't a true refund because it wasn't just a check. It was basically a voucher to spend at Apple. Yeah. Um, but that's what paid for that Tiger upgrade. Mm. I remember going to the Ann Arbor Apple store and, and buying it there. And the reason I, I kind of remember this really well is because like a week or two before, we had Bob Levitas on the MyMac podcast as one of our very first outsider kind of guests on that show. Chad and I had him on to talk about Tiger because he had an early uh, release of it. And uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about that the other day. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of uh, thinking about things, yesterday while I was in Woodstock, Illinois, uh, I met someone for the very first time. And uh, it w- this would mean more to Gaz, because <laughs> he's actual yeah. friends with Mike Potter. And Mike Potter does the For Mac Eyes Only podcast. He's been doing it since 2006. And he's the organizer of the MacStock conference happening next month. And uh, I I got to meet him. We uh, hung out for about an hour and a half. Cool. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him again uh, a month from now at the MacStock conference. A lot of people are going to be there. Um, Dave Hamilton's coming from the Mac Observer. Chuck Joyner from uh, Mac Voices. Uh Julie, Gene, some guy named Tim Robertson, Guy, Gaz is going to be there, Allison Sheridan, a lot of people. So, Very I, cool. And, and here's the thing: Chad Perry's going with me. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I said that last week, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. He bought his. Oh, tickets. You said, you, yeah. You said you told me anyway. Yeah. Well, he's coming. Uh, he bought his tickets. So I'm going to pick him up at like four or five in the morning, and we'll drive to Woodstock. It's a Saturday, so it, traffic shouldn't be that bad. But it happens uh, June 20th in Woodstock, Illinois. If you are a Apple fanboy, <laughs> if you consider yourself part of the Mac community, if you like podcasts and, and would love to meet some podcasters, uh, some of the podcasters have been doing it longer than almost anybody out there, this is your chance to uh, have a really cool get-together. Um, go to uh, MacStock conference and expo.com if you can't remember just go to tech fan there's a banner up there the little square one on the right hand side and on our twitter page later today and over the weekend david i'm going to be posting a code for a discounted price for your tickets cool so i'm looking forward to it it's going to be fun yeah well since the demise of mac world we haven't really had anything like that in the community have we so well yeah i don't want to say this is a replacement for mac world i mean this is not it's because no. it's just yeah it's it's really not but no, but many, many of those people you mentioned are the sort of people that if you were kind of in the on the journalistic side you would bump into they were regular faces absolutely at, at Mac world. that's and that's how i met almost every single person on that list yeah was because of mac world i would go to mac world and you'd see the same people in the press room i mean you were in that press room enough you remember yep and uh it, it'll be cool the thing is i saw half of these people just a month ago in las vegas already yeah, but that's quite a, uh, people who go to NEB, that's quite a rarefied bunch. It actually, it, yeah, and it, they're all good people to be around. They're all fun, uh, engaging, and honestly, if you listen to this podcast, you like the stuff we're talking about, you would dig going to MacStock. So if you're within, let's say, a five-hour drive, just do it. Uh, you could get a hotel in Woodstock for less than 100 bucks. So drive in. Spend the day at Mac Stock. There's a Mac Barbecue, which you can learn more about at um, their website as well. Afterwards, and uh, crash in the hotel, and then drive home the next day. Or or fly in. I guess you could get. Can you get cheap internal flights in the U.S. nowadays? Cheapish, cheapish. Like and but yeah. here's the thing: almost every airport has a direct flight to Chicago. Yeah. And so fly into Chicago. Um, take a taxi to the event. Spend the day, hang out, learn some stuff, meet some cool people, make some new friends. Um, you could heck, you could fly out again that night. It's yeah. Chicago. There's always flights arriving and leaving, so 
It, it's a. I, I'm really looking forward to this event. I'm doing the Q and A roundtable, so I'll be the person probably that's kind of in the audience and, and soliciting questions and uh, you know controlling the group of podcasters. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have fun with it, though. I'm going to be kind of a jokester. I'm not going to be the serious Tim. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we like uh, we like Mr. Sunshine, Johnny Charcha, as I like to call you. So, did you see? It, it was on our Facebook page, so you might not have seen it. And oh, I, I, I grabbed a screen grab and put it in the show notes. Um, I don't <laughs> have my glasses funny. on, so I can't see the name real well. Steve Stavisky. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> he put there's this picture, and it's an arcade machine. It's something. It's a sit down. Um, Midway Cruising USA game. Is it Cruising USA? So Cruising it has a USA, steering yeah. wheel and a chair and and so, a big yeah the big bucket seat right and uh, I, I guess the pedals and you know it's probably all those ones that vibrates and right you know that sort of thing. So it's on the back of a trailer. Someone's pulling this thing, and he wrote, "Doesn't have Michigan plate, so it can't be Tim." <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to see this, I'm going to use this as our uh, show notes. Uh, graphic for this episode. Thanks, Steve. That was you, honestly when I saw that, I just died laughing. And not only that, I think the person pulling it missed an opportunity to put a kid steering the wheel in the trailer, <laughs> <laughs> like they were driving. That would be funny too. By the way, Tom Schmidt said if uh, you go to Max Stock, he'll go too. Oh well, um, I really did very seriously consider it but i i just can't just can't afford it unfortunately i understand was, uh, yeah no no I, I but i really would have liked look to if maybe, this if this thing maybe was in san francisco yeah, if, yeah. if it happens again or it or it's happened somewhere else then well, maybe there's already plans to do it again next year um but look if this was in miami or san francisco or vegas or something i probably wouldn't be going i'm going because it's in driving distance for me yeah. and uh yeah it's why not i mean yeah. For me, driving distance is anything under, say, seven hours. Yeah. And even that, See, that's brutal, but this is three, well, four and a half hours away tops. I mean, you, you, I did look into it, as I said, and you said that, you know, most most places go through Chicago where yep. you can get flights, direct flights. I could have got a direct, direct flight from here to Chicago. Um, and it was just a little bit too expensive. I really was tempted because I'd never been to Chicago either. So um, I would have liked to have seen a bit of Chicago. I would have, I would have picked you up. Chad and I would have came and picked you up at the airport. I'm sure you would have done, but um, yeah, we maybe would have drove maybe right not. through downtown Chicago at one point so you can check things out. Yeah, I say, I, I hope they rebuilt it after the Transformers trashed it. No, it's it's still they got this big decapitated uh, robot head down there now. <laughs> they don't know how to move it. They think it's some kind of radiation, so it's just sitting there That's like it. a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> John Nemorovsky uh, sent an email in. Now you remember David? I don't know, maybe two, three months ago, uh, I was not up in arms, but I was upset that Apple kind of did away with the free on iTunes thing. Um, cause I like, I discovered a lot of new music because of that. Now, yes, I could break out Spotify or Pandora, or even iTunes radio, which is terrible and find new music that way. But yeah, I never do, but I, I made a concerted effort at least every couple weeks to go and see what's new and free in iTunes. And I would download all the music. I wouldn't even preview of it, preview it before I download it. I would just download it because it was free. What the heck? Yeah. And of the, let's say I downloaded 200 songs altogether. It's probably 
that's probably an accurate figure. Of the 200 I downloaded, I probably found 20 groups or singers that I enjoyed and I actually bought some of their material because of that. So probably 10%. Well, mm-hmm. actually, that's less than 10%, but no, that is 10%. Yeah. So that I think that's pretty good as a promotion. You're getting a 10% yeah. turnover rate. Well, mm-hmm. they did away with it. At least we thought they did because it just wasn't there anymore. Well, I knew a couple months ago that they actually did bring it back, and I've been downloading. Uh, but I don't think we talked about it here on the show because John Nemo, he's the reviews editor at MyMac.com, sent an email to us with a screen grab that says, free on iTunes. And sure enough, there's music, there's TV shows. Uh, occasionally you'll find a free movie in there. Not only did Apple bring this back, it's bigger than it ever was before. They're giving more stuff away. Cool. So I think that's important to uh, to let people know. I had no idea it'd come back. No? To be honest. No, oh. yeah. It, 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 there's a permanent thing on the front page of iTunes now. It says free on iTunes. You click it, there's always stuff there, and they refresh it every single week. But here's the th- I mean, this is one of the problems with iTunes. I, I mean, for me, I hardly I hardly ever load up iTunes on my computer anymore, so I don't see that front screen very often. You know, yeah, you're doing that. Be... You're syncing over iCloud. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, I don't. This, yeah, it, it's it's and even if you go into the on I don't know, most times I go to the iTunes store now. I'm on my iPhone, so you tend to immediately flick straight past the front screen because it's so small. Uh, it, I mean, the the front screen of iTunes is not the big thing it used to be. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not for you, but I do think it, it's still a huge thing. If you're an artist and you get on the front page of iTunes, I think you're probably guaranteed close to a million downloads if you're one of the featured on there. Uh, for podcasters, if you're on the front page of iTunes, uh, you're going to be in the top list for a while. But I saw a story um, just the other day which was talking about um, a guy who was featured on the... Uh, he was in the top ten list of um, most downloaded paid-for apps on the... This was the Mac App Store, I think. And he was talking to somebody who who was was also a developer and kind of had seen this and sort of said, oh, well, what do you make on that? I presume you make... You must have made at least ten, ten grand. Uh, and he said, oh, I, I didn't even look. I'm, I'm going to go and look. And he made... Um, six hundred thirty-four dollars. Well, yeah, but a, that's the Mac App Store. Yeah. The Mac App Store, you can't equate that with the iTunes. No, I'm, what no I'm way. saying is, is, I think I think it's very easy to assume the reach of these things is bigger than it perhaps. No, is. I'm not surprised about I'm that not, at all. I'm not discounting it. I'm not saying it's a waste of time at I, all. But um, and I'm sure you know, as a as an up and coming artist, it must be great to get that level of promotion. Yeah, but that being said. I would disagree only in so far as you cannot compare the Mac App Store to iTunes. Because, number one, are you still there, by the way? Hello? Yep, can you hear me? No, he can't. So we're going to let David restart his Skype. Good time to uh, take a break, and we'll pick up this conversation on the flip side. What's wrong, guy? Oh, just thinking about how much I miss the Macworld Expo. The fun, the sense of community, the presentations, the people giving out great information about what's going on in the Mac world, the candy apples and roller coasters. Candy apples and... Look, guy, I can't address this weirdness about nausea-inducing rides. 
But you can get the rest of all of that at the Maxstock Conference this summer near Chicago. The Maxstock Conference? Yeah. It's being held in Woodstock, Illinois on June 20th, 2015. There will be great presentations by Alison Sheridan of the NoSillaCast podcast, Mike Potter from the For Mac Eyes Only podcast, Chuck Joyner from Mac Voices, Tim Robertson from TechFan, Eric Erickson, Julie Kuhl, and appearances by a lot of other well-known Mac podcasters and journalists. That sounds fantastic. I wish I was giving a presentation there. Uh, I actually believe you are, Guy. I am? I wonder what it'll be on. Hopefully not roller coasters. No promises. We should get the word out about this. Well, I think this is where Mike Potter jumps in and tells us all about it. Hey, everyone. Come to the MacStock Conference and Expo on June 20th in Woodstock, Illinois. It's going to be a day of community and information for Mac and Apple users unlike anything else out there. Easy to get to, inexpensive, and packed full of the people you know and love from the independent Apple press. Just go to MacStockExpo.com for more information. If you sign up soon, there's great discounts off the regular admission price. Remember, that's the MacStock Conference and Expo at MacStockExpo.com. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast, Tim and David. Uh, hopefully the Skype issues are worked out, David. Hopefully. Uh, I don't have the bandwidth I used to have. So, um, well, we're getting older, David. I mean, it, you know, it happens. <laughs> I know. Everything slows down this girl. <laughs> you imagine that was true. You started out as a young man, and the first internet connection you got would be a, a gigabit. And as you got older, it would get slower and slower and slower. And by, by the time you're in your 60s, your early 70s, basically emails would just... They they would appear and then they disappear because the computer would just forget. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of sad, actually. Yeah. So we were talking about um, equating success and eyeballs, if you will, yeah. by being on the front page of the Mac App Store compared to iTunes. And your point was it's probably not as big as some people would think. I would disagree in that I don't think you can compare the two in that iTunes is on Windows as well and not just Macs. <clears throat> and it's so much bigger than the Mac App Store. Oh, uh, yeah. most I don't think most Mac users to this day get software on the Mac App Store. I don't think that I would I would hazard a guess to say it's less than 20%. Everybody else is still downloading stuff via a web browser. You think even with all the warnings that you yep. get on Yosemite, if you don't, because out of the box, I mean, it, I'm not sure if it won't install anything. It will certainly will will give you lots of warnings before you try and install anything, even if it's legitimately signed. I think so, and also, the vast majority of Mac software still isn't even on the Mac App Store. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times a game comes out; it's not on the Mac App Store. Uh, the certain if you're into bundles, you're not going to get those on the Mac App Store. No. There's a lot of things that it's just not up there. Yeah, because yeah, I mean I appreciate it's 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 a niche market compared to iTunes. Well, the point I was trying to make is that even even given all of that, I in in my experience, I know you've probably spoken to more people in the music and the video industries than I have, but um, I have spoken to a few, and I remember twice now I've spoken to artists who are certainly by UK standards are relatively successful have had top 10 singles top in one case number one album um, and uh, I asked the question of them I said well I presume 
I've always presumed that as an artist on a label, you don't make very much money from the stuff you do on the label, but you make um, a lot of money on your touring and your live sales. And they, uh, in both cases, they said, yeah, not as much as you'd think. <laughs> you know, and this was somebody who was selling, in one case particularly, was selling out arenas. Um, but a, new, a relatively new artist. Um, and so, so I kind of have taken from that that a lot of times you assume these numbers are much bigger than they perhaps they actually are. Mm, maybe. I'm just, I'm just kind of put, trying to put that with the point that I'm, I just wonder. Certainly, the the iTunes front page is not as big as it used to be either. I, I would agree with that. Have have different routes to get to it now. So perhaps the promotion of the front page is as much, isn't as much as it is. And that the problem is is that you know in the, in the Apple of the past probably would have been quite bullish about pushing stuff to you, but after what happened with that whole U um, two album download and the furor over that, I think they've very much stepped away from pushing stuff at you and promoting stuff through you which is why if they do come up with this streaming service that replaces the beat service i'll be very interesting to see how they approach that are you if if this is something that costs extra are you interested in paying extra for a streaming service because i'll be frank i'm not at all Well, here's here's the thing i i stopped my itunes match subscription yeah mine got renewed because i forgot to turn off automatic renewal so I stopped that, and I basically what I do now is if I want to listen to music from my collection, I, I stick it in the cloud somewhere, either on Amazon or Dropbox um, or, or OneDrive or something like that, and then I have a, a an app on my iPhone that will play music from there and cache it, download it. So it's kind of equivalent to iTunes Match, really. Not quite as convenient, but it's good enough for me, and I didn't find that iTunes, iTunes Match was kind of buggy, and there was that it, whole business It's never about, worked right for me since day yeah, one. And there was that whole business about you, you were never really sure whether your music was synced properly and if you might lose something and it still required management and I didn't want to do a lot of management so it didn't really work for me now I, I've got to admit I, I find myself frustrated that unless I hear stuff on the radio I don't hear new music that often nowadays I've wondered if something like Spotify or Pandora has a way of allowing you to do that to listen to new stuff yeah there's different um, channels absolutely um, so if 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 it was that, then then maybe, I I don't know. I just I just have to try it. The the problem I have really is that I have to be in the mood to listen to music, and I have to have the time to listen to music, and I often don't. I'm often I'm, listening I'm to ex- podcasts now. So I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but that being said, because I'm have been spending so much more time on the road, and a lot of the places, especially if I go to L.A. or Florida or Boston, uh, I'm in a rental car, and more often than not, the rental cars had had uh, Sirius XM. So I became kind of a fan of Sirius XM. I was discovering new music. I was reliving other music that I liked. Uh, so that, that was my big Christmas present, as we talked about back at the beginning yeah. of the year, is that I got uh, Sirius XM. And I listened to that for music much more than I listened to anything in my iTunes library on my phone. And I think it's because... I'm I'm under the opinion that if I want to listen to my iTunes library, I can listen to that anytime I want. But I can only listen to whatever's going on with SiriusXM while I'm in the car. And I have used Siri to identify, find, and download music, buying it on iTunes, that I heard on Sirius. So, so I'm... So, I'm um, yeah, I'm there, just looking at yeah. Sirius's website here. 
Now, I didn't know they did this, but if you have a serious subscription, you, they have a streaming app for your phone. Yeah, but it costs so extra. No, it says here it's included. If no. you have, do you have all access? No, I don't. I don't oh, have all right. access. Okay. There's different levels, is there? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I see. I think it's like five bucks extra a month, and I'm not willing to pay five bucks extra a month to eat up my bandwidth on my phone. Yeah, well, it's, it is the same service that would allow me to listen to uh, their web page, listen to the music on their web page. I don't, well, they, why, why on earth don't they include that with all your subscriptions? Why? I don't understand why they have these different levels, and yeah. it's confusing as hell. Uh, the little player that's in my car is a piece of junk. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, it's proprietary plugs. Um, it's not convenient at all. But yet, I do like the music. I do like the service. What they need to do is get bought out by somebody that knows how to do this right. It's a flat five bucks a month, and that's everything. It's every channel. It's the it's the app. It's streaming. It's online. Everything. You pay five bucks a month, you get everything. What they need to do is go to more of a Netflix model rather than almost a pay-per-view model like they're doing. It, their business model is straight out of the early 2000s. They haven't yeah. caught up to anything yet. It's terrible. Um, they need more standardized audio players. They all should be Bluetooth. You shouldn't have to plug it into a a car stereo. Mm. Um, They should push people to the apps rather than the hardware. Yeah. You know, this isn't, none of this is rocket science. I could turn this company around in a day. So this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to get there. You either get on board or get out. This is it. Um, they already have all these deals worked out with musicians and Comedy Central. and What they're not hurting for is content, right? Yeah. So if you already have the content, why are you making it so difficult? Why are you trying to nickel and dime every single subscriber? Because and it's a well-known fact that if you cancel your subscription, if you call and say, hey, I don't want to subscribe to you guys anymore, they will just throw free months at you to try to keep you. Mm-hmm. Well, if, people, if that many people are trying to quit, it's probably because you're charging too much. And if you're charging too much, for every new car that comes with Sirius XM built in, you're getting maybe 1% of those people even trying the service. So make it ridiculously cheap. Uh, or maybe it's it's eight ninety nine, and they do it through an app now instead of their dedicated software. They, they still have the dedicated hardware, I mean. Uh, yeah. They still have that, but everybody gets rolled into eight ninety nine a month. They sell it through Google. They sell it through Apple. Those places do take their 30%, but guess what? The numbers are going to go skyrocketing. How many people would subscribe? Not only that, as the, uh, here I am in the in the UK. You can't use it. I can't use it because I, I can't get the hardware. It, it's all keyed on having an account tied to hardware. Well, and that because I and can't, satellites. You don't have, the satellites yeah. aren't over you, so you no, can tune the, in. But yeah, but the point is, if they had a web model, then I wouldn't care that I'm not in range of a satellite. That's right. I it's mean, so streaming I, to you. I, I don't know whether they own the satellite they have and whether Probably they paid to put it up in the sky and they have to recoup that investment and that, you know, it's probably more to do with the deals they have. Well, remember, Sirius XM is a combination of Sirius and XM. It used to be two separate companies. Right. One bought the other or they just merged because neither one of them was making it. I forget how it goes. They won't exist if they don't change their business model in just a few years. The Spotify's, the Pandora's, what Apple's got coming, all of that is just going to simply kill them. And they're still on this antiquated hardware that they I don't think they know how to get off of it. I don't think they know how. They think selling these radios in Best Buy 
is how they get new customers and it's just not the only reason i had it that that i found it was because it was free in rental cars and i really yeah. dug the service i liked the the playlist they have actual djs and these guys are the ones picking the music and you see that's why i want if, if i could get a streaming service that did that i would perhaps be interested in paying for mm -hmm. it um but it has to be that has to be somebody who knows what they're doing not an algorithm Right. Somebody knows what they're doing, picking the music. Right. Um, and, uh, and and a choice of different styles, a choice of different um, modes, so that and it's not just kind of, you know, a top 40 stuff or a, a thing the, like that. The really. Starbucks type of playlist. Or just, yeah. uh, no, yeah, and that's the nice thing. There's there's so much variety on SiriusXM. Um, I think they are probably making a little bit of money, if they are. It's I doubt if it's much. And they probably think that's good enough. But they've done some really stupid stuff, locking Howard Stern into a, a really big, long contract. There's no podcasting on there at all. Uh, there's things that they could really improve on. Um, I, I would <laughs> I would tell Howard Stern, hey, we're going to keep you to the contracts up, but after that we're not paying you this, this big chunk because you're not the draw that you used to be. Yeah. You're just not. Nobody gives well, a shit the, about Howard Stern anymore. Not one of the reasons he's not the draw is because nobody can hear him unless they've got a goddamn satellite radio. Well, even if they... D I have it, but it costs more for me to subscribe to Howard Stern. It's well, a different see, that's tier. that's ridiculous. Exactly. That's that my point. Ridiculous. That's my point. I could yeah. turn Sirius XM around in a heartbeat. A year from now, they would make twice as much profit. Twice as much. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to fit that in along with Microsoft and all the other things we've got going on? Mm. I don't know. I already work for OWC. I own my Mac. I do Tech Fan. I do OWC Radio. I go to trade shows. I'm writing yep. a book. I still play video games when I can. I'm working on arcades. I don't know. How do I do all that and still have a family? I do. Yeah. So I can turn a company around. That's not a problem. No, oh, and come on. You and I could do it. You, you do that. You I'll do, do the. the you do. I'll do. I'll do the Batman thing. I'll dress up at night. And no, 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 no. You, you, you are completely in charge of the European market. I'm in the okay. U.S. market. Okay. All right. we'll, we'll meet on Skype once a day to discuss the things that we need to get done, okay. and uh, we'll just get on with our day. We'll, we'll get a we'll get a European satellite up, and then we weren't doing that rocket rubbish. We'll just no, no we're not so, doing satellite in no. in uh, so, yeah, the no, UK. We can, we, we can just for just for the geek geek crowd. Um, we'll do something with a, a cell phone hanging from the bottom of a weather balloon. Mm. We don't need to spend a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that'll work. And that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll work. So, anyways, yeah. So, um, talking to turning the companies around, see Nintendo made some money for a change. Well, yes and no. <laughs> a little bit. Well, but yeah, why? It's not because they're business decisions. It's not because they're, they all of a sudden started selling more units. It's because oh. the yen is very weak right now. <laughs> I mean, still a win is a win. Well, <laughs> that that's like saying we won a football game. Why? Yeah, well, the other team didn't show up. Oh well. That's the Tom Brady argument. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what I did to get here. A win is I a win. It. A win is a win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is true yeah. in, in every respect. A win is a win. At the end of the day, if you are the championship of whatever sport, it doesn't really matter how you got there. You're the champion. They can't take that away from you. Yeah, actually, they can. But yeah. <laughs> somebody will be another champion next year. Um, yeah, it, it's... I don't know. It, I think that some of the things they're doing sounds promising. Releasing games for mobile is very smart. 
but I just got this feeling in my the pit of my stomach that it's not going to be what we think it's going to be. It's going to be all new IPs for the phone. And they'll see a little success at the beginning, but what people really want is to play the original Mario on their iPhone. And Nintendo's not going to do that. They're just not. Hey, you look at you look at the breakdown of of what was selling well. It was 3DS software, which is those properties again, those IPs. Yep. Yeah, that was that was the thing that's selling well. The hardware's not doing so well. Even the even when the new 3DS is not selling so well. So, um, you know, I, I can't Sony as well. I know Sony just turned a profit as well, and that was off PS4 sales and everything. I can't get help getting the feeling that these Japanese video game companies are unintentionally sleepwalking into uh, irrelevance. Oh, I yeah, you know, I totally I've seen agree. This before. You know, yeah. Sega. Who remember how big Sega used to be? And yeah. where's Sega now? Um I, I I just I really worry for Nintendo in particular because the problem Nintendo has is Sony at least has other parts other businesses that can help prop up the video games arm and vice versa. Yeah. Nintendo is all games. I mean I mean, I mean the, 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 this report here says they're gonna go into theme parks. Really? And <laughs> some of the profitability came off of these little figures that you can buy now. Yeah. Toys. I don't... And even though, even those people are annoyed about yep. the amiibos because they've been very inconsistent about where you can get them from, what's available, what's coming. Yeah, but that's always been Nintendo's thing. They did the same thing with Pokemon cards, and you know, it, scarcity and hunting stuff down does not discourage people from buying it. They become more fanatical to get it. No, that they've had they've had to post an apology on their Facebook page. Yeah, but the, it's it's disingenuous because people are still buying the stuff. I mean, now that's where part of the profit came from. So you know, I, I think this is intentional because they know how to get people to to search it out. Got to get them all, just like the Pokemon thing. Got to get them all. Well, it's not at your local Toys R Us. Crap, yeah. I'm going to have to drive to the next town over. I'm so mad. Oh, look, they apologized. I feel better now. But guess what? I'm still going to drive over to the next town. Or I'm going to spend 300 bucks on eBay to get it. Nintendo are smart. They know how to get people hooked. They're dumb because they don't know how to move into the future. Or, yeah. hell, future, the present. Yeah. And and this, these kind of gimmicky things only take them so far. Well, the, the, I think the thing with the Wii is I think it even caught them by surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, so it's not like they knew what they were doing. It wasn't like a cunning master plan. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, I don't it's know. fun but to I, watch, I, though, isn't it? It is fun to watch, but it's always sad, particularly if, if a company like Nintendo goes away. You know, that's a company from our childhood. We Everybody had <laughs> anybody who's at all into video games, whether you're, you're a Microsoft guy, you're a Sony guy you still have this grudging respect for Nintendo because at least when it came to games more often than not, they got it right. And you know what I'd like to see from Nintendo? I'd like to see some of the really old stuff they did come back on mobile. Never mind, you know, creating yeah. new, new properties from the existing IP. Why, why can't you get Donkey Kong on the iPad? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what everybody wants. They want to see the yeah. old games, Look, even if they just if they refresh the graphics so it looks yeah. more modern, but the gameplay is exactly the same. You're telling me Donkey Kong would not sell on the iPhone or an iPad or on an Android device? Of course it would. It'd well, probably be even, one of the biggest sellers. Or even sellers. on the Xbox. Yeah. I mean, why, if you're going to go not? mobile, why not embrace yeah. 
the Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, keep it. Keep one. There's nothing wrong with keeping it separate from your current intellectual property. You know, from your current. You know, you never. You, you can always say, well, you're never going to see the latest Super Mario game on there. You're never going to see Mario Kart on the iPad. Right. I think everybody could kind of live with that as long as we got something that was halfway decent. Yeah. No, I think I. I don't know, but here's the thing: Nintendo is really good off of living off the work that they did in the 80s and 90s. They really haven't created anything new since then. What's the biggest video game that they made that people really loved that's of the modern era? Nintendo Bowling on the Wii? That's probably about it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Everything else is Mario, it's Link, it's Metroid. It's the same games regurgitated every four years. Miyamoto, isn't it? I mean, it's it's all him. Yeah, yeah. And they need to create new stuff. Yeah. And now I know I'm the one that just said, well, they're just going to create new crap that's not as good for iOS, which is true. And the two aren't mutually exclusive because what they need to do is create the next Mario on their own platform and then bring that one over to mobile as well. What really? Not a second tier crap that they're going to do on mobile. They should take they should take Miyamoto and his team. When the guys. We know he's getting close to retirement now. Yeah. Yeah. So what they should do as his last hurrah before he retires is take him off doing the next 3DS game with Mario or whatever, um, or the next whatever the next console is. Take him off and say, okay, last thing you do is you do the world's best Mario game for tablets. Yep. And make that his last project. David, because we that take- would. That would set them up for the future. Or maybe not even a Mario game. Maybe say, right, we're going to create something new. But you're going to do all the gameplay mechanics. You're going to think about the world. You're going to do it all, you know. Yep. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Siri, I'm looking for a new Apple podcast to listen to. Any recommendations? I found one new podcast for you. But it looks like they only record themselves drinking and chatting about the latest Apple news and rumor. Well, that sounds great. What's it called? It's called the MacGist Podcast. But Nick, why would anyone listen to that? Well, Siri, alcohol is the anesthesia by which we endure the operation of life. I found these five rehab clinics near you. Would you like directions? Ugh, Siri, enough with the rehab. Just download the latest MacGist Podcast now. I'm sorry, Nick. I cannot do that at this time. Go home, Siri. You're drunk. That's not nice. Eh, what does she know anyways? Check us out over at themacgistpodcast.com. Back here, Tech Fan Podcast 209. We'd love to get feedback from you. It's real easy to get a hold of us. Simply email the show at techfanpodcast.com. You could also go to our Facebook page, which is Tech Fan Podcast. Leave a message there, or you can tweet us at, at Tech Fan Podcast. You certainly can. And Who we did? got a tweet. Uh, Nathan Bargate hmm. sent in a tweet uh, a couple of days ago, I think, at this point. No, yesterday. And he said, David, have I heard you talk about a piece of media server software that you use? I'll let you answer this, even though I know the you answer. certainly have. have. Um, I, actually came, I actually came onto this because um, I found out that my Samsung, Samsung TV, smart TV supported it. Uh, and I'd kind of heard of it, didn't really know what it was. So it's a piece of software called Plex. And, um, and Plex is P-L-E-X. Is yeah. So Plex is kind of a it's a free catch-all media server system, uh, and it's pretty cool. I've got to be honest, it really really works very well. 
So you put a a client onto um, you you put the client onto your uh, onto your server, and you can run it on a Mac, you can run it on a Windows PC, you can. And when he says it. server, it's just a piece of software. It is a piece of software, but what it does is it sets up effectively a a web service that other clients can then stream media from. But what's nice about Plex is that it um, you put me, you can basically set up things like folders that it watches, and then anything you put in there, it automatically uh, catalogs you can have different channels for different types of content anything you put in there it goes up to the web and pulls out all the information for so if you put a, a tv sh set of tv shows up there it'll pull all the um the graphics for the show and the information on each episode so it does all that kind of heavy lifting type stuff for you but the advantage of it is that there are so many clients for it now you can get an iPad client, which you, you have to pay a nominal fee for to be able to stream stuff to your iPad. Yep. Um, um, you can, as I said, the smart TVs, most of them have it. The Amazon Fire TV and the um, Fire TV stick, all the Google devices, the Chrome stick and everything. You can get a client that will pick up this media and be able to stream for, off it. So you can have a, basically a computer in your house somewhere on the network and you can put all your media there and then everybody can watch it. Um, it's really kind of cool. It works pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, I found it pretty useful and, and it's much easier to... Uh, the advantage is because it's, it's able to be accessed by so many different devices, it's much better than, say, using iTunes Media Sharing where you need to have an Apple TV on every TV. Yeah, and uh, I've got to be honest with you. I think it's something that I'm going to start looking at because I think I'm choking out my iTunes library at this point. It's just, it doesn't do, here's a couple things. With Plex, like you said, it automatically goes on the web and pulls down the names and yeah. the metadata for that file. When I say metadata, for those who don't know, uh, you're doing a, a, you're looking in your iTunes library and you see a movie. Well, you see the movie poster or the, the DVD cover. You see who's starring in the movie, a brief synopsis of the movie, the rating. All of that stuff is metadata. Now, if you grab your own movies, say you rip a DVD and put it in your iTunes, it doesn't have any of that. You have to manually go in and add that information. Or, or run it through a program to do it for you. Right. I use MetaZ yeah. to do that yeah. myself. And even then, it, it doesn't work very good or half the time. I've heard really good, because so many people use Plex that it's really, really up-to-date. It always has the latest information, and it's usually correct. Mm -hmm. And it knows how most people are naming this certain file. And yeah. if it's named this, it's probably, you know, The Expendables 2, and it knows everything about that movie, and it just sends it down to you. And it's a much better solution than the manual kludge that iTunes has become over the years. Yeah. And, and it also, I mean, it is... It's an open source project, or or it has open source uh, underpinnings, so that means it's quite extensible. It does a whole load more stuff than I've talked about. It can transcode stuff on the fly, so um, if you've got a, a say an MKV file that you've downloaded off the internet and you want to watch that on your iPad, it will transcode it on the fly, so the iPad can can play it. You know, it it allows you to do all the social media stuff you want you you might want to do. Um, it does loads and loads of things, and you can add all sorts of extra features to it by adding plugins and things like that. The interface looks really nice as well. I mean, it, it, it's got to be pretty expensive, David. It, it's free. 
There you go. It's, it's completely free. You, you can buy a Plex Pass, which is like a subscription that adds some extra services to it if you want to, but you don't need to do that. Um, but you, for the basic functionality, it's completely free. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very, very nice solution. And it's so, just uh, Plex.tv is where the uh, website is. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I, I've been thinking about doing this for a while, David, because I'm just yeah. not happy. I'm not happy with iTunes in a lot of respects. I'm still going to use iTunes, obviously, for music, for app purchasing, to backing up my iOS devices, because I still think that works a lot better than the iCloud. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to movies and TV shows, it's just kludgy. It really is. Uh, I grab a file, forgot to convert it to something else, and iTunes has no idea what to do with it. doesn't play it. Apple doesn't a ever add any new codexes that are very common online nowadays. They don't add any of that stuff. It's like, nope, you got to use 100% of what we support or it's not going to do anything. And guess what? There's no way to make iTunes better. And uh, I think over years, iTunes continuously gets worse and worse. And I, I'm not alone in that uh, yeah. opinion. So I, I think maybe the next really crappy weekend that I have where it's just rainy and nasty out, I think setting up a Plex server is something I want to do. Do they have Plex on the Apple TV? I don't think they do. They don't know. There is a there is a hack you can you can do that basically allows you to set up a port that the trailers app on the Apple TV will stream Plex from. But no, I mean it's because it's a, it's effective as a competing system to iTunes, right. so Apple doesn't support it. Hmm. But pretty much everything else does. So Roku. Um, well, I've got the Amazon, Amazon Fire TV stick, yeah, the, which is you one can of the get, reasons you can I get, wanted to yeah, do it. You can get an app off there that that will stream straight to it. And as I say, most of the modern TVs with web and smart TVs in have a Plex client for them as well. So um, you're pretty much away. You, I mean, you talk about setting it up. It's it's a 10-minute job setting the server up. The hardest part is just organizing your, your files. Does it move the files around on you or just leaves everything right nope, where they just, are? You just you just tell it what you just point at the folders and you say pull stuff from here and make it available as this channel. It will even if you have iTunes on the same server, mm -hmm. it will even publish your iTunes content through the Plex system. So you can actually see your iTunes content but actually access it using the Plex clients. So I think I'm going to set it up I, because it's not going to yeah. cost me anything. It's just a little bit of time. I think that's yeah. something I'm going to do maybe this weekend and uh, give it a test on my uh, my Fire TV yeah. stick. Yeah, Fire TV stick. I haven't fired that thing up in a couple months now. It's uh, yeah, I keep I, meaning I, to, but I just I, – I, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I'm on the Apple TV. I haven't been using that either. I think the only thing I've done with the Apple TV is Cole watching a couple movies on it. Okay. Well, let me – the best – probably the best advert I can give you for Plex and smart TVs over Apple TV and iTunes and all of that is that since we moved into the new house, I haven't set up any of my Apple TVs, and I'm now coming to the conclusion I probably won't bother. Well, I mean, that's saying I, something. Well, because I just don't need them. I really don't need them. When when we when when we moved in, my wife said to me for the for the bedroom because we have a TV in the bedroom. She said, um, "Don't set up the old TV with all those boxes and cables on." She says, "Go up and buy a new TV that has um, 
the web and and wireless in it and everything and we just have one tv with nothing else attached to it and because most most of the stuff she watches on streaming she gets from the bbc iplayer or the on-demand services and stuff like that we haven't even got a dvr on there because she says well we don't dvr anything because we just go and get it on the catch-up services and now folks you know why david can't afford to come to uh (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't an expensive tv it's actually it was i was um, considering how good it is i was amazed how cheap it was oh Um, the tvs nowadays the prices are just ridiculously low for what you get i mean the quality is, is amazing this is a 22-inch Samsung Smart TV, and it costs less than 200 pounds. So that's I think crazy. It was, probably, it was probably about the equivalent of 200 dollars. Yeah, uh, and uh, and it and yeah, it's got everything on there. You know, so you just don't need anything else. You can even, if you want to, with this one, plug a USB into the back of it, and, and then it becomes a DVR. Off of that. Yeah, you, then it becomes a DVR, and it will yes, it will play videos off there as well. So with all of that and the Plex server and everything, just I just don't need the Apple TV. Oh, by the way, you remember we were talking about the last time I used any kind of Samsung device? Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked about on the show that I'm a member of Vine, yeah, which is the, the exclusive invite-only reviewers club, if you will, for Amazon. That's and right. most of the stuff that is available there is uh, it's not for sale yet or it's brand new, and the company's trying to get some reviewers on to bump up their Amazon whatever uh, it, it's all designed that they're going to sell more product. Well, yeah. I jump on Vine's, the website, uh, probably once a day to see if there's anything new. And two things that I picked up there recently, well, one was a ring, believe it or not, a diamond ring with gold. It was like a thousand dollar ring. And the one they were offering was actually in my wife's size. I said, Hey honey, you want a ring? <laughs> she said, yeah, she's not even a big jewelry wearer, but is she going to have to write the review though? I kind of said, you know, I'm going to have to ask you some questions so I can write the review. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to review a, a ring. <laughs> it's a ring. <laughs> it's a ring. It's it's uh, pretty. It's, my wife likes it. If she puts it on and then she disappears and she starts talking about my precious, yeah, then yeah. you need to be worried. This is a problem. <laughs> um, some of my reviews, though, it's like I've got dog food off of there before. Yeah. How do you review dog food? My dogs ate it and they liked it and their poop <laughs> didn't look any different yeah. than usual. And they but didn't they die. Had, so... Like, yeah. Um, but so I, sometimes I'll make my, my stuff kind of funny, but I've got, I've got toys off of there for the kids. I've got video games. Uh, I used to get a lot of books, but I don't want a physical book anymore. And, and they still don't offer eBooks on Vine, which I just simply don't get. It seems stupid to me. Um, but two weeks ago, I happened to get up a little earlier than normal and some of the bigger ticket items, when they put them up there, go really quick. Now, these are curated lists, so they see what I've reviewed in the past and what my preferences are, and they try to give me stuff they think I'm going to be interested in. Uh, eight, nine months ago, I got the, oh, uh, uh, what is that vacuum? The uh, Dyson. Dyson. Yeah, I got that Dyson vacuum, and I think I talked about that here on the show, too. Here it sucks. <laughs> it, it, it sucks. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I like the Dyson vacuum, and it works good. But over time, it clogs up super easy, and you can't figure out where the damn clog is. And it has this tiny little filter that seems to clog up all the time, too, and you got to wash this filter. So I haven't really been happy with this vacuum. It's, it's great for light duty, but that's about it. Um, the Samsung vacuum cleaner popped up. And what, what is the model? Well, it's not here next to me, so I can't tell you. Anyways, this, this vacuum, well, you know what? I haven't reviewed it yet. Does so, it look like an iPhone? 
It absolutely does. Yeah, <laughs> it's they copied Apple completely. Yeah. It's it's a uh, Samsung. Oh, that didn't come up. That's weird. A Samsung VU. Blah 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 blah. All right. Um, I'm gonna do a search for it. See if I can pull it up this way. Yeah, there it VU is. VU seven thousand motion. Uh, VU10H3021PY slash AA blah 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 lift and clean bagless vacuum cleaner in yellow uh, it's $200 vacuum cleaner it's temporarily out of stock so they're selling them it's dude this vacuum is awesome yeah I really like it I mean it sucks in a fantastic way it just it, it pulls up more than the Dyson by far it's not even close it's yeah. not too loud. Uh, you could turn on and off the little spinny things, you know. I like mm. it a lot. It's. <laughs> I told my wife, I'm I said, hey, I got another vacuum cleaner. And she was like, yeah. I thought she was going to say, you, you, we got a Dyson like a year ago that yeah. is fine. Why do we, we, need, we don't need another vacuum. But as soon as I said, hey, I've got this, this uh, new, brand new vacuum cleaner coming, she went, oh, cool. <laughs> so I, we were joking about them copying, but I'm looking here at the um, the marketing blurb: innovative interior design with nine inner chambers, creating multi-cyclonic airflow. That is exactly what the Dysons do. Yeah. So they have actually just ripped Dyson off with this. Sure. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'll put a link in on the show notes to this vacuum cleaner if anybody is thinking about buying a vacuum cleaner. Look, I'm not gonna. It, this doesn't cost me anything. I mean. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay for this. But if you're looking for a vacuum cleaner and you're like, I, I don't know what to get, I'm really happy with this one. I mean, it, it rocks. Now, they're temporarily out of stock on Amazon, but I'm still going to put the link into the Amazon page. So, um, But i got to be honest, dude. This thing, it's it's a really good vacuum cleaner. I like it a lot so far. And what's it, what I find interesting is there's a lot of positive reviews here, and pretty much all of them are Vine customers. So. Yeah, it's because, the, and I can tell you why, is because this probably hasn't actually been released to the public to buy yet. Yeah. And so they Amazon probably got 50 of these in for Vine, and I'm one of the people who got one. And in a couple of weeks, they'll actually release this to the general population, and there's already a bunch of Vine yeah, somebody says uh, a great vacuum with several minor issues. Yeah, but uh, people are being picky. It's still getting four and five stars all yeah. all over, so it's obviously good. I I like it a lot. It's yeah. I'm quite impressed with it. I haven't done everything it's supposed to do with it yet. Um, you, you kind of, I don't know. It, it's a vacuum cleaner. I do wish it had the retractable cord though. That's the one thing. I don't. Yeah. I hate the winding cord thing, but. But the, I've always found those retractable cords, they always get jammed up and break or stop working. And you got to tug it like 50 times before the stupid thing goes in. Or it starts winding itself and it stops halfway. And then it's kind of uh, this... Well, I, I, the thing that scares me most about those is they, they, often, they often wind in very aggressively. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can hit a button and all of a sudden it's like... You've yeah. been across the face by a, by a mains cord. I, got, a... I almost got a really good nut shot once on one of those things. <laughs> it hit me right next to I, I was just like... And, you know, that's a, those hard plastic plug things, you know, I know. with they're a little extra thing. Yeah. Oh, and it was moving at 25 miles an hour. Whack! Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing with the British plugs is because ours are quite a lot bigger than yeah. yours and more constructed. <laughs> They've got some momentum. If yeah. they start moving, you're going to know about it. <laughs> it hit me real close, and I just... I froze for a second, like pain, pain, yeah. no pain. Whoo! But I did have a wicked bruise. I was like, "Geez, 
So, so you know, I, I, I've mentioned on the show that we moved offices a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So right where I park my car, the multi-story car park next to my office where I park my car, they have an Amazon locker. Yeah, you told me about that last week. Yeah, it's, I, I'll tell you, I'm loving it so much. How many things it, have you bought now on Amazon because uh, of the probably, locker? I've probably had about eight deliveries in the last week. Yeah, <laughs> well, surprised. I need a lot of stuff for the house. But it's, well, it's, it's a new house. It's just so convenient. It really, really is. Because I don't have to... Stuff comes to the office and, and people go, oh, my, all these boxes come to the office and I can't sort these out. And it, stuff comes at home and then my wife isn't in, I have to go pick it up and all of that. This is just its just brilliant. If you have one of these near you, just use it because it's so easy. Awesome. Well, yeah. with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan where we talked about video games, vacuum cleaners, Mac stock, expensive... Uh, replacement for Apple stuff. Uh, kind of all over the board on this episode, David, but I had a good time. I hope you did too. Did. Again, we'd love to have feedback from you, the listener. Simply email us, the show at techfanpodcast.com, or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, hit us up there, and we will uh, share your comments right here on TechFan. David, I'll see you next week. I certainly will. Mm-hmm.